was bad. We're, we're doing a bad, dumb thing. We're doing it to ourselves, and we're doing it to other people, and there's no reason for it. So other than that, how'd you feel about the episode, Nick? So something that I was thinking of bringing up this, this episode, and I was going to do it much later, and I'll, I'll bring it up now so we can think about it as we go along, is I feel like we strayed from the original purpose of the show which was not to like review Big Bang Theory episodes, but to figure out why people watch this show and why people hate it so much. And I have an idea about that, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait. So I'm going to tease that. And it's not going to be that interesting. I'm sorry. But before we get to any of that, hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Kyle. And this is a show that we uh, forever cursed to call the Big Bang Theory Theory. I don't know, maybe we'll do something different in season two, but we're, we're committed to the brand for now. So the, the episode we just watched, you can sum up in like less than five seconds. Let's see if I can do it. Sheldon gets sick. People don't like it. Boom, done. That's the whole fucking thing. There's not even a subplot, really, is there? It's just... No, there's nothing to it. Like, the closest thing you get is like... Leonard breaking his glasses. But even then, that just serves as the reason he has to go back and meet with Sheldon. But I think I think this would be best if we do just a really quick episode description, just blast through what, it. What did you just do? That was it. That was literally everything that happened. I mean, that that is. If, if we were to, to make the main beats, I guess. Yeah, it's really about it. But it's... Penny comes home from Nebraska and says that she was around a lot of sick people. Sheldon immediately freaks out because he's a germaphobe. Well, and apparently, like, has the, like, one of those, like, bubble boy people who really does have an immune system that is immediately compromised by anyone who has been, like, within a billion feet of a sick person. Yes, because within a day, he comes down with the flu. And apparently, he is so awful with the flu that Leonard and his other pals have established protocol with how to deal with it. Now, that I believe. He sells that whole, like, I would not want to be around him either. Well, he's... I, th I think he's no worse than anyone else when they have the flu. Yes, which is why most people understand that the appropriate response to having the flu is to hole up and either die or eventually get better. That's true. I've, I've, in the last few years, I've started getting the, the flu a lot. Like, I don't think I, I used to get it. And then, like, five years ago, I got a terrible flu. I was down for, like, a month over Christmas break while in law school. It was awful. A month? So it was it was, like, a solid week or two of just flu and then after that cleared up i think i had something like walking pneumonia because I, I had this terrible cough that lingered on and i was a mess okay so here's my question at any point in that did you ask any of your roommates and or neighbors or random women who were walking down the hall to tuck you into bed rub vick's vapor rub over your bare chest while singing to you i don't have to answer that but yeah, so Sheldon's a nightmare to deal with, and the, everyone avoids him. He goes and harasses Penny at work, and then she gets uh, suckered into assisting him. Uh, and then Leonard tries to sneak in to get glasses that are broken while he's away watching movie with his pals. Uh, he has to go get his spare glasses at the apartment. He gets caught. He also gets sick. The episode ends. He doesn't get sick. He gets... Uh uh, traumatic brain injury, which okay. is a slightly different thing. Yeah, he was... Because he uh, bashes his face into a wall. In a, so, uh, no, I'm going to get right to my concern, all right? Because that's, that's the, the, I, I groaned at that. He, I think 
the reason people, and I'm extrapolating just for myself here, I guess, don't like this show isn't so much the way it portrays nerds. I think that's kind of fine. A lot of things that they do aren't really that inaccurate. They like things that I think you and I like and a lot of other people like, and their interest in them aren't really that embarrassing or terrible. But I think the reason people hate this show is because it's awful and people like it anyway. And then you have to hate those people because they think that this is what's good. And it's so popular. You have to look, you have to like anytime you're at the grocery store, you can like look to your left and right and know that probably both of those people have enjoyed the Big Bang Theory. And that's enough to make someone angry. I think the fact that it's a show about nerds is the thing that just like ties it to the to the people who are going to hate it. Like this show could be about literally anything and that group of people it's about would have to hate it because they're like, how are people so fucking dumb that they like this? Like it's it's a show about physicists who are dealing with all of their neuroses and there's a laugh track to let you know that you're supposed to giggle when someone bumps their head. Fuck this fucking... Oh, I don't know why this one got under my skin so much. I hate the show. We're idiots. We shouldn't. Finally, this. okay. So I just wanna, I just wanna point out. This was. I knew the show would break Nick. I did predict that way back in episode one, and he was so optimistic. But here we are. It took. We're, I'm counting it down. What we're on episode eleven, which reminds me, what was the name of this episode? So this is yeah, season one, episode eleven, and I think the episode was something like. The Pancake Batter Theorem, oh. which is awful, but it actually it, it brings up something that I was very excited to talk about, which is that Leonard's been drinking out of a fucking piss jar for who knows how long. That's a thing that is established now. Yes. So I think we're not making any sense by skipping around so much. No, so I just wanted that. All I wanted was the admission, the, 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 the victory. Episode 11 is the hill that Nick hopes and dreams died on. Well, maybe not. That was a hill many years ago. His hopes and dreams that this show wouldn't be terrible died on. I'd like to, to focus on what I'm going to call the, the, the maybe kinkier aspects of the episode. So you and I both, uh, where, where Penny, not about halfway through the episode, he Sheldon goes to her work at the Cheesecake Factory. Sheldon goes there flu-ridden, like wearing heavy coat, uh, at first, he's identified as a crazy homeless person. He gets up and tells everyone that they're doomed. Uh, and eventually, he convinces Penny to uh, go home with him to take care of him while he's sick. Yeah, so, I mean, this is this is my big thing in this whole episode. This is just, I'm going to grind everything to a halt right here. Because what is up with Penny? We have talked about this before, about how Penny is like a collection of behaviors that don't, can like, cohere together entirely well but no. even by the standards of like unrealistic sitcom people penny goes above and beyond what i think any rational person could be expected of in this episode yeah so anyway so she hates sheldon and why shouldn't she sheldon is a nightmare monster at least half of the time and and so he shows up at her work and not only does she take off work to take him home she then proceeds to nurse him you know, as if he were her child, this strange man-creature that lives next door. And, without really much convincing, uh, sings to him the soft kitty, warm kitty song while rubbing 
mentholatum, vix vaporub, into his chest hair counterclockwise. And I that was sexy. That's a thing I was very much into, I guess. Yeah, that wasn't sexy to me, but I was definitely watching it. I was like, there's something strangely like, I could, I know this is porn somewhere, this yeah. exact moment. And I think it goes to his like master powers of manipulation, where I bet that fucker never even had the flu. <laughs> no, this is just, like, once a year he has to have an orgasm to suit his, like, his, like, weird biological cycle of urges, yes. and this is just, he fakes and he just lures random strange. Usually, they're itinerants and vagrants who never are seen again. Yes. This time, he's such a germaphobe. He refuses to touch his own penis because he does not believe the commonly held myth that urine is sterile, and so he convinces the woman that he now has close to him in his life to come and do it for him. Uh, and he's so he is never touched by another human. So that's all he needs. Like. He's there like, oh, Penny, I don't feel good. Oh. And so she's rubbing his chest counterclockwise. And I bet he is just like this. His his sheets are are like like jello by the time she leaves the room. They're they do just, cut away. They cut away from the end of that scene. So for all you know, all you see is like Leonard because he has to break back in because his glasses are broken. I still am so pissed off that that's an entire subplot is Leonard gets his glasses broken. Which brings up another thing that the episode didn't address that I really wanted them to, which is so to so Leonard's whole thing this entire episode is just avoiding Sheldon because he didn't want to deal with it. So he gets Wallowitz and Raj together, so then go watch five Planet of the Apes movies, and immediately when the film starts, Leonard's glasses just fall off, Wallowitz steps on them, and then so subplot, yeah, becomes, well, I guess we have to go get him his spares from back at ground zero. Well, I want to I wanna go back a step, because once again, we see how accomplished a manipulator Leonard is, because there's a moment there where, where Penny calls him because she doesn't want to take care of Sheldon. And Leonard, without skipping a beat, just unspools one of the most horrific, seamless lies. Not only does he unspool it, he, he basically he tells Penny, oh, I'd love to. Oh, wait, there's a nuclear meltdown happening at work. So I have to I have to take care of that. And not only does he have it coordinated, he has it so Raj and Wallowitz, without talking to each other, know that they're supposed to be making the siren sounds that would be playing the clarion calls that would be in the background. Yes. If there were, like, they rehearsed that as, like, a drill, but they never explain why. Yeah, they have to go and get Leonard's glasses from the, the filth-ridden flu apartment. And to do so, they do, like, a Mission Impossible-style recon and collect mission where they're outside of the apartment door, uh, Wallowitz, Leonard and Raj with uh, a laptop that's set up with uh, an optical fiber on it that they can slide under the door to, to survey the interior. And I'm so mad that no one addressed who the laptop belonged to because I'm pretty sure that optical camera, optical camera, the, 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 fiber optic. a fiber optic camera yeah is uh, 100% one of Wallowitz's weird, nasty devices that he uses to creep on ladies. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't think... So, also in this episode, we get the first look at Wallowitz's bedroom, which, boy, let me tell you, I did not ever need to see. It's not, like, that creepy. It's just more the idea of him there in silk pajamas 
with his silk sheets, with his drawings of ladies all over the walls, and it's just like, it's just like, that comforted me. That was the most human he seemed so far. Because, like, him, yeah, in his giant satin or silk-sheeted bed with his silk robe, is at least him, somehow, he, he didn't have a bowl cut. Like, somehow they structure his hair into a bowl cut during the, the day, but he doesn't wake up like that. And his, his robe is better than any of his weird pseudo-retro 70s nerdy style clothes. Like, it's, it, it gives me the impression that the Wallowitz that, that we see so often during the show is a facade that he puts on. That he is so broken that his idea of the cool, fun guy is this, is this weird, lady-touching deviant who is going around wearing bell bottoms in a Nintendo controller belt buckle? There's something yes. is broken inside of him. Yes, we've already, I, we've established that before, I think. But, but I, oh, we've established it. But I think uh, until this episode, I thought it was genuine. But no, well, I think Wallowitz is a different person. I see. Who thinks that is what he needs to be, so he can be accepted amongst the other nerds. Well, maybe. I mean, they're all terrible people. Maybe that. I mean, if his if his idea was the only way I'm going to get in good with this group of people is by making them think I'm a monster. Yeah. I'm not sure that's actually that unreasonable, given like what little that's we true. know about. Like he's he's a real fucking dipshit. Kaiser Soze is what's up. Like he's constructed this whole life and backstory and everything so he can get in with Leonard and Sheldon and Raj. Who still isn't really a character yet? He said they had like one Raj episode, and he was a dick. Yeah, what did Raj like? Literally, he showed like. Do you ever see his face? Like he's like he's only in five minutes of the episode, and half of it he's wearing a gorilla mask. So yeah, maybe he's a shadow monster. Maybe Raj isn't in this show, and we're just perceiving him because we want to imagine a character that's not all of the others who've been presented. Yeah, we've we've talked about the laugh track a little bit before and how how it's weird that when and again i'm assuming it's a laugh track because people are actually laughing at this yeah i've lost all faith in humanity yeah, just, i'm gonna i don't know fuck my own face to death but oh we haven't even talked about the throat culture thing yeah, all right. I kind of like let that just slide through my brain when we were watching it because I didn't want to go for the obvious thing. But yeah, we'll, we'll 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 discuss that. But with the laugh track, so it's it's weird that you have this power where you get to tell other people how funny your joke should be. Like you, the episode goes out, you insert the length and volume of laughter as an indicator for you to say, "This is what I think you should respond in my joke with." But what is that like when you're writing? Like, when you know that you've got a shit joke, are you just like, whatever, we'll just beef up the laugh track for that one? Like, like, the way this, this episode opens is Leonard and Sheldon, before Penny shows up, are hanging out playing 3D Star Wars chess. And there are no jokes. There's no, like, this is the fact that they're playing it is supposed to be funny enough based on the way the laugh track goes. I want to point out it's 3D Star Trek chess. Oh, was it Star Trek? They don't play 3D chess in Star Wars, man. They I play, thought they play Sabic, which is the one with the little monsters. I didn't even know either of those uh, franchises had real 3D chess in them. I always thought 3D chess was just a metaphor for dicks to tell you how smart they are. Well, I think mostly. And actually, I don't know, but there's an episode of The Next Generation where Data plays like the grandmaster of this game that is 
basically 3D chess if it's not exactly 3D chess. And he loses the first time, and then he's like, ah, my problem was I was playing too logically. I have to play with more emotion. And then he he fights the guy to like a stalemate, and the other dude has a meltdown, and then he wins. Hey. Hey, Kyle. Yeah? You did that thing again. Well, I don't... Fuck! I'm just going to sit and grin as you talk about your beloved throat cultures. <laughs> yes. So anyway, I guess what you were saying is, it's not a very funny joke. Oh, right, yeah. No, it's not just that it's not a funny joke, but it's like, to have that crutch, like when you're writing knowing that no matter what you do, you decide how funny it's supposed to be. No, here's the thing that that pissed me off about that, is Sheldon says, like, because Sheldon beats Leonard, and he's like, it must suck to know that you've been whatevered on so many different levels. And then... You know, which, I don't know, that's not a very good joke, but well, it's... Well, I, th- I, I think you have to explain it a bit more, which is, he's, because it's 3D chess, they actually have, it looked like, like, what, five tiers? Yeah, five tiers. They're basically stack, boards stacked on top of each yeah, other, and, and so, moving the pieces up and down. And so Sheldon is very knowingly staring at Leonard, and as he's saying, suck on so many different levels, he's guiding his hand yes, up level points, by level. He points at the fucking chest like no one was going to be able to get the joke if he doesn't. I better well, I make think it clear. He's right. I think it's it's true that a lot of people wouldn't get the joke, as obvious as it is. And on the other hand, I liked it. You like that he like did the Vanna White thing? With that the... might be the only thing in this whole episode that I thought was funny. <laughs> God, I hate that. It just seems like a... It seems like... A, just such blatant overstatement. It is. It's very on the nose. Also, whose point? Who is he doing that for? He doesn't think like in universe. It makes no sense. He doesn't think Leonard mm. understands the Could joke. Just, I think. I think he does know that Leonard gets it, and it's just rubbing his fucking. Fi- he's like, not only am that's I like dun- his version of teabagging. Like, the- yeah. Not only am I dunking on you, but as I'm dunking on you, my dick is falling out of my basketball shorts and rubbing against your face. <laughs> Maybe that's why he had to do the whole Vicks vapor. He just got so aroused by his humiliating Leonard that he was like, hmm, I'm going to have to schedule one of my one of my sicky times later. Yeah. Ooh. Oh! Ew! Ew! Ah! And, you know, another thing, too, about that, which I, I wasn't thinking about it until just now, um, about, is I think, my, my understanding is that Vicks VapoRub doesn't actually do anything. It's like a comforting thing, but like the, the breathing it in does nothing. And I was thinking on one point, well, it's it makes Sheldon more human in that he's willing to acknowledge it's something that doesn't work towards curing him. It's just a nice thing to do. But then when you put it in that context of, you know, like he, he was edging when he was playing 3D chess with Leonard. And later on, he's like, I need, I need an in to make sure that physical contact happens. I know. I'll say that the VapoRub, which I know does nothing, is necessary to my convalescence. Not only that, but he's getting Penny to do it. Penny, who he knows that his roommate yeah. has this weird, unfulfilled sexual crush on. Yes. So he's getting the one woman that Leonard would give anything to have touch him in an intimate fashion. Yes. It's the whole thing. It's and just you know, some fucking huge power mind game. And, and when you say it like that, so when, one of the things, too, as when Penny... Uh, goes home to take care of Sheldon, is there is a little bit of, I think, negotiation where he talks about the only other time in his life that he'd been alone and sick. 
he was 15 as a... Oh, yeah, uh, this is a weird fucking story. Yeah, as a, as a visiting professor somewhere in Germany. And he says, well, did anyone, like, take care... She said, Penny has asked, did anyone take care of you? He goes, well, this one other person at the university uh, said something like, uh, Mictus Duwine, I can't remember the word, uh, she says, oh, well, what does that mean? I was like, well, based on what happened next, I'm pretty sure she was asking if I would like an enema. And then there's a moment where he's like, so that's that's what you signed up for. Yeah, no, it's even it's even more explicit than that, because when they first walk into the apartment, she's like, so what do I do now? And she's, he's like, well, normally mom gives me a sponge bath. Right, that's the thing I forgot. That was another part of the negotiation. Yeah, and so Penny has to be like, rule number one. No sponge baths. Rule number two, no enemas. Yeah, which was expert <laughs> manipulation. Because what he's doing there is he's like, he's I'm going to shoot. the tier of acceptable. He's, he's, he's lowering the tier of acceptable. And in the meantime, he's like, fuck it, I'll shoot for the moon. It's like, I, I'm probably not going to get her to, to flush out my guts. But I may as well go for it. And, you know, in the context of that or sponge bath, like, that's a tough decision as to which one of those is going to be less disgusting. So later on, when I just wanted to rub jelly on my chest, I'm in there. And that, and that he, God, and he makes her sing the Soft Kitty, Warm Kitty song while he does it just for the emotional humiliation. Uh, oh. Sheldon's nasty. <laughs> no wonder they want out of there. You know, at first I was like, these guys are... I mean, I I thought it was like it made us a oh. little bit of sense that they wanted to like leave because he was just annoying and whiny. But now I'm thinking like they were absolutely right. Like the worst thing, like it's yeah. Well, I can't I can't stop thinking about this now that that we're on this 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 idea because when we'll get to the throat cultures next, I promise. But. So the reason that this episode is called the pancake batter, whatever. Oh my God, you're absolutely right. Yeah. He's, oh, he's oh so no, dirty. don't go he's there. So dirty. Oh no. Which oh, is no. so so when as Sheldon is getting sicker, he is tracking every different thing he can to determine whether he is actually going to get the flu. He's like, I'm probably already infected, and so he's measuring like. The, the thickness and color of his mucus and all of his, you know, other things like temperature and how well he's sleeping and all that. And then he, uh, he hands Leonard, uh, like a two cup Pyrex measuring cup. And he says, Oh, uh, I'm also going to need to measure my, my fluid intake and my urine output. So if you can go ahead and take the, the urine cup to the bathroom. And so Leonard's like, Oh, I make pancakes in that. And he's like, why would you do that? It's obviously the urine cup. And he's like, why would it be the urine cup? You label everything else. And he's like, yeah, at the bottom of the cup, there's a label that says urine cup. And so, like, Leonard's been eating out of Sheldon's nasty piss jar. And yes. Sheldon probably saw this and said nothing. Not only that, he put the label on the bottom of it right where he knew Leonard would never look at it. No, that, that I can't get on board, because it is a clear glass container. Like, he obviously would have seen it. Maybe Leonard is into it, too. Leonard's like, oh, no, Sheldon knows, as he's always known, that I've been drinking out of the piss jar, and I don't want to. That's why they live together. There's been oh, no other reason no. for them to live together this whole time. It's because oh, they're it's just like the world's oh, most fucked up, sub relationship. They're nasty, nasty, dirty boys. 
Uh, and they're using Penny as this, this extra level of fucking psychosexual manipulation. Uh, he's getting rubbed on the chest with the mental autumn, and he's like, oh god, I'm coming so hard knowing that Shell, knowing that Leonard's not here to know what's going on. What Leonard doesn't know is getting me so horned up. Uh, and also, the, the, like, the, the, the button in the end of the episode is, uh, Sheldon saying, oh, could you go get my mucus turkey oh, baster? Oh, oh, man, it rounds it out perfectly, yeah. doesn't it? And none of that touches... No, no, because let's let's go back, because the end of the... Ep- well, actually, no, I'm going to close out with this, So because you have totally sold me. I've never been sold on any pet theory on this show as the idea that everything that has happened in the entire show so far, every annoying thing that Sheldon does to imposition mm-hmm. Leonard is because it causes him great sexual satisfaction. Yeah, and I guess if this is a, a point to, to build and emphasize on the last episode, uh, where Sheldon had to, well, he didn't have to, but he decided he was going to create two equal spiraling out-of-control lies to prevent Penny and uh, Leonard from knowing that one of them didn't, like, he did, Leonard didn't want to see her show at rent. And that's where we established that he is a dangerous master manipulator yeah and this is like this is just the next layer they're putting in no i'm not giving the writers enough credit no and like if you look back at that whole episode with the furniture like it all just makes it so much more straightforward but it's like where he's in penny's apartment he's moving her furniture around like i i wish i can even imagine how good all of that must feel like i bet part of the reason that he is such like an awkward herky-jerky guy is because any unnecessary movement that has his dick rub against the inside of his pants and he's going to blast off to the moon. Like he, he needs to be, he's just, he's constantly edging on his dirt, nasty. Oh, oh, he's so, oh, okay. I'm done. I'm done with that part. Ah, oh. so throat, yeah, the throat culture. So, the, so part of that. So what, I mean, this is frankly, this is just bonus at this point. This is so obvious, but he, in order to figure out if he's sick, he's 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 laid out some throat cultures and some jello mix, and he's got the cultures already. He just needs Leonard to swab his throat. So So what ensues is not one, not two, but three different like back to back jokes which are basically just Sheldon like getting down, getting in front of Leonard, just opening his mouth up wide, like he's trying to swallow a hot dog and just like mm-hmm. just like making the jam this jam this throat culture stick or whatever you call it down my throat motion like multiple times yeah it might not be a blowjob joke but it's definitely not not a blowjob joke yes there's no let's put it this way there's only so many different reasons why someone you know going ah and then like Mm -hmm. shoving something in their mouth are funny the eagerness and insistence on receiving. Yeah, and the way in which Leonard just is so immediately uncomfortable and doesn't want to do it. Because there might there might be a way to do it that's not weird. I don't know. But the second you acknowledge... When my doctor does it, I don't feel like I, I just, like, hogged down on his metaphorical wang. It's exactly. not like symbolism. So, so, but the fact that Leonard is, like, withholding about it, it just, like, doubles the whole weirdness of it. Yeah, is there anything that stands out that we haven't covered yet? Well, so I just want to point out, before, I didn't think it was a very funny ending to this episode. Now I've convinced myself it's yeah. a master stroke of Brechtian humor. Oh. Because the final the final line of this episode, which absolutely befuddled me, is is basically Sheldon is like, ah, I need I need the 
I'm, my sinuses are stopped up. I need the turkey baster that for mucus from under the uh, under the sink. And Leonard's like, I just hit my head really hard. I can't stand up. I'd have to crawl over there to get it. And Leonard's like, and Sheldon's like, it's right there under the sink. Cut to black. So dirty. So I think this is a good second time to evaluate, which I didn't expect this to happen. Which is the beginning of the episode. I was like, I think we've really strayed from the course. We're not just a review show. We're trying to figure it out. And I feel like I have faith in us. And again, the episode broke me. And as we talked about it, I realized that this is why we do the show because things are happening that aren't being perceived at the surface level. And no. this is like, this show is like a, a pinpoint, a little needle that is going through the, 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 the eyeballs of everyone who watches it. And is this tickling that just dirty, dark thing in the back of their brain. They're, they're like, I, I, I bet there is a fucking sharp rise in the, the duration of the show and how it's gone on. And a number of people that are suddenly into piss play. Maybe this is maybe this is why millennials are so crazy about eating ass. Is the Big Bang Theory's been set in the stage, and everyone's like, "Oh, what's wrong with dirty shit?" You know, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll tongue punch a butthole. Sheldon's Sheldon's funny too, by the way. I don't know why I had those two thoughts next to each other, but whatever. That's you know, it's not a bad show. The secret behind all of Chuck Lorre's success is that he's just, like, he's being funded by billionaire fetishists who just want him to brainwash America. Gotta be something to explain it. It's not fucking funny. Ugh. Do you think Two and a Half Men was actually about midget play the whole time? Uh, first of all, they're little people, you monster. And second, I don't know, I've seen, like, if... Okay, here's the thing. Realistically, what, where, what's a show? Where's the show gonna go? Like, we're not gonna be famous. It's not. I don't expect a lot of success. We're doing this for fun. But say, for whatever reason, this thing suddenly catches on like wildfire, and we become stars, and we have to do another show. I've seen like five minutes of of the Two and a Half Men. I have no knowledge outside of that what the show is about. I think that would be, like, the next mountain Wait, to climb. Wait, so just to be clear, your master plan, if everything goes great and we become super famous and successful doing this podcast, is to pick the only show on television that is more universally reviled than The Big Bang Theory. Because... And tackle that. I am no less subject to this secret effect that The Big Bang Theory has had on culture. That's the nasty, dirty part of me is I just want to, I need to subject myself to all this punishment. And I'm like, oh yeah, just get that Big Bang Theory all over me. When you're done with that, I want to see Charlie Sheen mug at the camera for like 33 seasons or however the fuck long that show is. I don't know. Is Ashton Kutcher in that show the whole time too? or is he? No, he came in after Charlie Sheen, I guess, got fired for saying crazy shit. Uh, yeah. That guy. That well, fun I, guy. Like, I'm not exactly sure the context around Charlie Sheen leaving the show, but yes, they basically, they then killed his character and brought in Ashton Kutcher, is my understanding. All right. I was, because I was worried, like, I could not handle a show with Charlie Sheen and Ashton Kutcher. Like, that's, that would be my breaking point. That's, uh, I, I'm uncomfortable thinking about it. But, all right, two things left. There's one left thing left, but there's going to be two things. And I'm going to do them backwards. I think 
we need to start inserting something about uh, liking and subscribing and encouraging people to listen, which I hate. But no, 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 you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Do it. Do it for me. <clears throat> hey, podcast listeners. We understand that you're a big fan of our show, The Big Bang Bang Theory, but you have to understand You didn't that... even get the name right as you're selling. <laughs> God damn. The Big Bang Bang Theory. That's I, I, like I got that as far as already. I got as far as hey podcast listeners, which is everyone knows how you're supposed to start it. Yeah. And well, then you say something about legal zoom and money just shows up. I don't know how it works. But I, I do want to encourage people to, to, to share the show and get other people to listen yes, to it. Please share the show. Please like and subscribe to us on iTunes. I, I promise please I'll rate make, us. I'll make a less shitty website that doesn't look like it's a spam thing that's gonna give you viruses. I'm still not sure who's listening to this. When we look at the metadata, it seems like it's mostly people in other countries who, I but, guess. But we now have, like, a consistent listener base. Yeah, thank it you. Is, it is not just, like, precipitously dropped off after all of our friends have politely listened to it and stopped. Like, it, it's steady. And it's very slowly growing. And I think... Which could be the most terrifying thing of all. So anyway, yeah, the show keeps happening. And that's weird. Share it. But... Now, I, our, our final segment that we always have is, what is the one thing, terrible, good, otherwise, that really stood out in the episode that you'll, you'll take away with you? Okay, I've got one, which is, how does Penny afford her apartment? Because they make a point in this episode, I mean, there's, there's actually a line about it where she has to leave work, and she's like, it's okay, it's not like I have car payments or rent to pay or anything like that. Yeah. But she's... A, she lives in L.A., which we now know, like, for certain, because for they certain. go to the New Art Theater, which is here in Los Angeles, and a great theater to visit, yeah. as long as we're looking for sponsors. Um, but we know she lives in L.A. I know what an apartment costs in L.A. No amount of waitressing will will pay for her apartment. Well, it's not like – it's not just like in Friends where their jobs don't make sense that they have such a nice apartment. I don't know of a single apartment you could get in Los Angeles, Yeah, wouldn't matter how much of a flea bag it was, on in, a waitress's salary. In a nice – uh, a secure building, and it's a loan. I, I am a nonprofit civil rights lawyer, and I have roommates. <laughs> and that she is working what appears to be part time at the Cheesecake Factory. Now she does say that she's out there committing like check fraud. <laughs> she admits that she has to write a bunch of bad checks because of the time she took off to take care of Sheldon. But, yeah, no, I get that it's that it's tight, but she still seems to be uh, at least. I mean mostly surviving so which is you know i'm a i'm a i'm a tax preparer accountant and i live like fucking in the hobbesian state of nature out here so you know life is nasty brutish and short when it comes to rent control in la so yeah how does penny fucking do it that's that's the next mystery we have to unravel yeah, I'm betting the answer will not make us happy. I'm defaulting to sex work. I don't know. She, I mean, that, in, in the context, that conversation does come up, like, and within five seconds of her saying, I can't afford, I can barely afford to pay my rent, Sheldon's like, so let me tell you about this time I got an enema. Yeah. Well, I think also in the earlier episodes, which are pretty focused on how uh, how bad she needs to fuck. Yeah. Like, she always needs to move on to the next guy and has the the recuperation sex or whatever and yeah i started to say i we could imagine her being a cam girl except part of her whole personality because she lives in proximity to these nerds is doesn't understand how technology works and is alienated by it so she must be doing like actual person-to-person -person sex work which i don't like 
the implications of, because that means that Wallowitz could conceivably pay for Penny's time, and I just don't want to live in that world. Wallowitz has the fiber optic camera. He's not paying for Penny's time. Like, he's, uh, you know he's perving out. They don't want to think about it, but that's what he's up to. Okay, so anyway, that was my question. You're, okay. You know, so I, man, I'm sticking with mine, even though it's so lame at this point, now that we've had these dark revelations about the nature of Sheldon and Leonard's relationship. But I, I'm sticking to the idea that, that Wallowitz is not really the Wallowitz he presents as, that he is a different person who puts on this facade that there's something so wrong with him that he perceives that that is what the other people on the show want him to be, to be this pervy but ineffectively horned-up throwback to a time where uh, people didn't wear condoms, I guess. I don't like, just... I. Yeah, and I want what I, I need to know where that comes from, because you you say his bedroom is kind of gross. I thought it was like the most innocent and human we'd seen him yet. It was the one moment where I was like, "Oh, Wallowitz is just kind of a guy sometimes. He's just kind of a human." So that's there's mine. Yeah, I mean, I guess it wasn't like full of like giant. Well, actually, I I'm not gonna kink shame anybody. Anything that could have been in Wallowitz's room would have been fine. You know, in terms of leather, plastic, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. All right. I feel like, you know, he didn't throw open the covers and have, like, a blow-up doll. Yes, un- that, revealed. that's true. Of, that would have been... Yeah. It's mostly innocent. Which um, he would have been sexily chatting up for, like, 45 seconds to awkward, somewhat stifled laugh track before the big reveal. <sighs> Maybe Sheldon broke Wallowitz at some point. Maybe he's broken all of them. Oh. What if... What if Sheldon's the reason Raj can't talk to women and Raj doesn't even know it? Oh, that's the show itself is just this this it, horrifying portrayal of someone who has control over everyone's lives around him without them knowing it just for his own deviousness and pleasure. That's it's he is always talking about what a genius he is. Even in this episode, he talks about having the IQ of 187 and not thinking to get soup delivered when he's sick. Which we now, that's that's just him winking at the, at the camera. That's yeah. him going, oh yeah, I'm here about to get my chest rubbed. I'm such an idiot. Pulled one over on Penny. And he made the scene so she would be more eager to get him out of there. This We're, <laughs> we're blowing the lid off this fucking thing, Kyle. Every episode now, this is all we can think about is what... What is Dirty Sheldon doing to these people this time? Yeah, but you're right. It's basically like that episode of Twilight Zone with the omnipotent child. I hope the piss jar becomes its own character. <laughs> or that, like, or that just becomes a thing where Leonard just keeps drinking from it and no one says anything. Like, ah, yeah, Leonard's cup. Why does it say urine on the bottom? Like, ah, oh, that's an old joke. <laughs> anything else? I think this could be our fade-out opportunity. Yeah. I think if you don't call this episode eating ass, then you've missed a huge opportunity. <laughs>